0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're studying the Gospel of John. Today we're starting chapter 6. This is episode 103. We're covering John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. This is the account of the feeding of the 5,000. Let's read the passage. After this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberius. A huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs he was performing by healing the sick. Jesus went up a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. So when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, Where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? He asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about five thousand. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated so also with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were full, he told his disciples, Collect the leftovers, so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them, and filled twelve baskets with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This truly is the prophet who is to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the only miracle other than the resurrection recorded in all four Gospels. So obviously this is something important enough for all the Gospel writers to include this. So it begins in chapter 6, verse 1. This is after this. Jesus has been dealing with the religious leaders, defending himself against the charge that he was working on the Sabbath and making himself equivalent to God. Well, then it just says after this. It doesn't mean the next day. It doesn't mean soon thereafter. It just means another time, basically. So John is not concerned with giving us a a strict narrative of everything that happened. He's given us the important things that we need in order to believe. So another time. Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberius. Now, they call this lake, it's, uh, it's really a big lake by different names. Sometimes it's called the uh, Sea of Genesaret, which uh, comes from a Hebrew word, Kimerat, uh, which is what the ancient Hebrews called that lake. Uh, the Greeks call it Galilee. And it had been renamed by the Romans to Tiberius sometime after 20 A.D., So, John's writing this several years later, so it's probably normally known by the Sea of Tiberias at that point, or Lake Tiberias. At that time, they probably called it the Sea of Galilee, but maybe by the time John's writing this gospel, uh, it's more commonly known, particularly in the uh, northern area where John is, by Lake Tiberias. But a huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs he was performing by healing the sick. Now remember... What was Jesus's purpose? His purpose wasn't to come and heal people. His purpose wasn't to come and feed people. His purpose was to come and be the Savior. But he did these miraculous signs to authenticate who he said he was. He said he was the Son of God. He said he was the one sent by God. And so he did these works of God to show who he was. And as we mentioned last time, That was noted by Nicodemus when he came to see Jesus. He said, no one can do the things you do unless they were sent by God. So that's why Jesus does these miracles, is to authenticate that he really is someone sent by God. Well, that attracts attention. So people are following him. Huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs. So Jesus... He's now on the uh, other side, the east side of the Sea of Galilee. And he went up a mountain and sat down there with, with his disciples. Now, when we think mountain, we think mountain. but Probably just a hill, an inclined area that he sits on. And, and obviously, he speaks to the crowd and addresses people, sometimes from this higher elevation place. That's what, that's where he is now. And John notes in Verse 4, now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. John makes note of various Passovers. And the Passover is the big festival of the year for the Jewish people. The Passover was given by God as a celebration to be observed annually, to remember that God had rescued them from slavery in Egypt and brought them out into the promised land. That was where you first, really, they become the people of God. first stop after leaving Egypt was Mount Sinai, where they received the law. So God sent Moses to Egypt to rescue the people from Egypt and take them to the promised land. And this was the celebration of the Passover, was to commemorate that. Now, interesting thing. Uh, It wasn't maybe necessarily immediately chronologically prior to this, but it was in the gospel immediately prior to this that John was recording Jesus challenging the religious leaders about their devotion to Moses, when in fact they really weren't following Moses. Because Moses was the, the big dude in the Hebrew faith. He was the one that God had chosen to lead the people out of Egypt to actually then become the people of God. He was the one in which the law, the the word of God, was given to. Moses was, was big, and Moses was the one who led the people where they commemorate the Passover meal to. As they celebrated the Passover, the purpose of the Passover was to remember what God had done. And specifically, when your children ask you, why do you do these things? These are the answers you're supposed to give them. That God led us out of slavery in Egypt and brought us out to be the people of God. And we refer to this movement, this uh, escape from Egypt as the Exodus. They were leaving Egypt and heading for the Promised Land. And what was the first thing that happened when they left Egypt was the crossing of the Red Sea, the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea, where God demonstrated his control over the water by parting the Red Sea so that the Israelites could pass over on solid ground. Then, after their time at Mount Sinai, when they were wandering in the wilderness, they were fed miraculously by the manna from heaven. Now, we have here, it's the Passover time, where they're thinking about these things. And here we have the feeding of the 5,000, a miraculous feeding by God of people, much like the manna from heaven under the leadership of Moses. And immediately after this will be Jesus walking on the water, Jesus demonstrating his authority over the sea, much like the parting of the Red Sea. Now, is this John's intention when uh, narrating these things? I I think so, because he's just talking about Moses, and now he's going to have a miraculous feeding the people, authority over the sea itself, and as they get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, they'll actually be talking about Moses and the manna. So here we see Jesus is superior to Moses, and that's what Jesus was just talking about last time we were looking at it, where Jesus said, if you're not going to listen to Moses, there's no way you're going to listen to me. And now John is presenting Jesus as the one superior to Moses. So it is the Passover time and the crowd is following Jesus. Verse 5 So Jesus looks up, sees the huge crowd coming towards him, and he asks Philip, where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? Here in in verse 6, he asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. So why does he ask Philip? We don't know, but Jesus often does these things to make the point clear as to what he's doing. Say, Philip, how are we going to feed these people? Philip says, I don't know, because if we had 200 denarii, denarii is a day's wage, so if we had 200 days pay, that wouldn't be enough bread to feed these people. Not even just feed them, give them a little, he says there in verse 7. other words, we can't. Jesus said, how are we going to feed these people? And Philip basically says, we can't do that. It, it can't be done. It's impossible. But then in verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? At least he's trying. And and Andrew is the bringer, the one who brings people to Jesus. And he brings this boy and says, this boy's got a little bit of food, but how's that going to feed all of these people? In other words, it's impossible. Philip says, it can't be done. Andrew says, it can't be done. Then verse 10, Jesus says, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about 5,000. Philip says it can't be done. Andrew says it can't be done. Jesus says, get them ready to feed them. verse 11, Jesus took the loaves. After giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also with the fish, as much as they wanted. Now, notice Philip had said, if we had 200 days' wages, we couldn't buy enough to give them a little bit. Then with what the little boy has, Jesus feeds them so they all had as much as they wanted. So more than just a little bit. Then verse 12, when they were full, he told his disciples, Collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them, filled 12 baskets with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten so they started out with five loaves. They fed 5,000, not just 5,000 people. It says there were 5,000 men. The other Gospels bring the point that there were women and children there also. So we don't really know how many people were there because I'm sure a lot of people were just single men, but a lot of people were there with their families, and there might have been some, some women there with their children with without a, a man accompanying them. So there was way more than 5,000 people maybe 10,000 maybe 12,000 don't know but there's thousands of people and they were all fed based on five loaves now a loaf of bread isn't the same thing where we go down a food line and buy a loaf of bread it's just a tiny little loaf uh, the boy had five of them so obviously uh, it's not giant loaves of bread they're just little tiny think muffins he had five muffins and they ends up with 12 basketfuls left over. So is there significance to the 12 basketfuls? Some say, well, it's one for each apostle, but maybe. I think it's just the point there is that they ended up with more than they started because that's the way Jesus does things. This is truly a miracle. Which in verse 14, when the people saw the sign he had done, that is the miracle, they said, This truly is the prophet who is to come into the world. Now, they say prophet, not the Messiah. We mentioned earlier, the question is, what are they really expecting? Some are expecting the Messiah. Some are expecting a prophet who is not necessarily the Messiah, but a a similar kind of figure. Some are expecting a religious leader. Some are expecting a political leader or a military leader. But what they're really anticipating is someone to come and restore Israel to its glory. Someone to drive the Romans out and make Israel what it was back in the days in which David or Solomon were the king. So when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. They say, this is highly impressive. This man is a miracle worker. This man obviously sent by God and he must be sent by God to be the leader that we have been expecting. So here they're, they're living out their expectations. As we talked earlier, are they uh, trying to fit Jesus into their view of things or are they allowing Jesus to tell them how things really are? And so Jesus withdraws from them because he's not there to be the king. He is not there to be the military leader. He is not there to be the political leader. He is there to be the savior. And when he starts telling them later on, his closest followers, that he's there to die for their sins, they can't handle that. He is there to be their leader, and they're certain of that. But that's not his mission. He is not sent to be the earthly king. He's sent to be the eternal king. So what are our expectations about Jesus? Do we have preconceived ideas of what he th- we think he is supposed to do? Hopefully not. Hopefully we look to the Bible and let Jesus tell us what he's here to do. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working our way through the Gospel of John.